Welcome. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the bestofrods.com movies and television podcast, Caveman. I'm sorry. Sorry. I didn't realize you were. Yeah, sorry. I'm dead. And I'm Cora. And I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're back. We're talking about shit or whatever. We have a good, like, what is it, half hour at least? Yeah, about a half hour at the top of this, talking about fucking D&D and Life is Strange. D&D. <sighs> yeah. Did you watch it, Caveman? Me? Um, let's this, start you. off with something that I... Let's start off with something that I know Cora also wa- uh, watched. Um, a series Look of unfortunate events. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm only uh, about two episodes in, but... I've, I've watched half of the first episode. Yeah, that's where I stopped at first. <laughs> Just, I got to the point where Neil Patrick Harris is practicing saying hello. <laughs> Yeah, I finished the season. Uh, I really enjoy this show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the I get the I get the point behind Neil Patrick Harris's acting, but man, it's just fucking grating because I know he's better than that. <laughs> it's actually somewhat painful. Hmm. Okay. Like, like I enjoyed what I've watched so far, and I'm definitely going to go back. But I have to approach it with a, okay, NPH is on screen. Time to grate my teeth. I did not have that reaction to him. It's he just I like I know he's better than what he's doing, and it's just. I get what they're going for, but good God, it's kind of seriously painful. Um, Seeing as little of it as I have, my biggest problem kind of just at the outset is actually Patrick Warburton. Like, I, I, I get where he's going from with, like, the delivery. It's just the way he's delivering his lines, he is going too fast. I find it works. Well, both of those work for me. Patrick Warburton, I will acknowledge I have a few issues with his implementation, but not with him, his performance itself. I do feel they lean a little too often on the, you should not watch this show, uh, speech that he tends to give at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, well, the the problem problem I have is... uh like when they were on Briny Beach and he was talking about and then whenever they do like the the here this word means blank and the, the way and the way that he would describe the way that he would talk there was no like what you're there, there was at. no like break like 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 when i like when i i actually have the first two books and so i and i read like the opening fucking bit from the first book i hadn't read them in a while so this isn't like a whole like oh the books were better i'm not going to fucking say that i've read two of the books 10 years ago but reading that kind of reading like that lemony snicket style of dialogue and the, the way i read it in my head it was it was like you know descriptor word pause here this word meaning blank 
there is no pause. It just all is just one run-on thing. I get. I I actually get exactly what you're saying. It really. It feels like he's just trying to get his lines out and then move on. Yeah. Rather than, like, because mm. I like I, if I remember from the movie that character, the character that he's playing is some kind of writer. Yeah, Lemony Snicket and is a writer. A, Lemony Snicket is a author. A writer he's the author would of the books. pause. Yeah, a writer would pause for dramatic effect just so that you can like get some kind of feeling behind it. Oddly enough, between Neil Patrick Harris and Patrick Warburton, those are probably my two favorite things about this show. <laughs> uh, I like the kids. I do like the kids. They are not my favorite thing about the show, though. I wouldn't... And but they are good. Like the not only are they good, they're good acting off of each other. Yeah, which could have been very problematic. Yeah, spending so, spending the amount of time with those kids, you need to have them work with each other and have some kind of chemistry together. Yeah, the thing that I kind of liked the most was a uh, kind of purely aesthetic. But like, like, pretty much from the beginning, of this beginning of this show, it got it was a very pushing daisies vibe for me. Yeah, yeah I, can I kind get of that. see that. Where it is just where it is like this weird combination of practical sets and very obvious CG. Yeah, but it flows in a way. Yeah, that's, it it like yeah. It, it isn't it isn't CG that they tried to make look as realistic as possible and just failed. It is CG. That looks distracting and disorienting for a point. Yeah, it just all kind of goes for the aesthetic. It just kind of all adds to this aesthetic as just it's just like what if pushing daisies had just the saturation turned down to about fifty percent. And that all works for me. I I really like that briny beach set, even though it was very obviously a set. Yeah, I liked that set. Again, having watched in, half in, of one, epi- end, having watched half of an episode, this is all I can really comment it, on. In the end, I have to re- recommend this show, but only just barely. Um, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. It was good, but there were like there are going to be elements on either side that might just grate on you that you just can't like find make it difficult if not impossible to enjoy like i i I was looking forward to this show but i can't say that i was expecting too much from it and then i was confused because i saw the metacritic score which was shockingly high (laughs) and i was like no way i watch i'm like okay yeah i get it uh Maybe I'll get. Don't it get after me wrong. I'm not saying episodes, it's what. Maybe I'll oh. get it after a few more episodes. But for right now, eh. also, uh, if you watched the movie, the ending of like the first two episodes is spoiled for you. Oh no, they fucking spoil that shit like in the first fucking five minutes. Like like when they when they when they show the when they show the fire getting started, it's like oh that okay yeah. That whole fucking thing. Alright, so next, I have a question for you guys. Yes. Did you guys ever watch the Mythbusters? No. Oh. Tiny bit. Well, 
Do you guys know who Tori uh, Balechi, Carrie Byron, and Grant Imahara are? You watch Project White Rabbit? Are they the B team? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah they're the B team. Uh, Project White Rabbit. As every as everyone knows, I like two things: cartoons and documentaries. So White Rabbit was perfect for me because <laughs> they act like cartoon characters and they give me documentaries. <laughs> okay, it's it's a it's a fun romp. The show, um, it's I wouldn't call it the smartest show on the internet, not by a long shot, especially with how wrong they get some things, but. Did anybody it's a fun call show. it the smartest show on the internet? No, I don't. Well, maybe, probably. There's probably at least one guy who thinks it's the smartest show on the internet. Um, but so for those of you who don't know, the White Rabbit Project is the three, the B team from the MythBusters got together, did a show, and um. The whole show is them, um, like, they they come up with a premise at the beginning. Like, the first episode is superpowers, which is honestly the stupidest thing they could have done for a first episode, because they don't actually get anywhere near a real superpower by the end of it. Um, and then they, like, do six stories, and then they rate the stories on how, like, on various merits. Like in the superheroes episode, it's like, how feasible is it to do it today? Uh, how much it, how costly is it? How close to a real superpower is it? Which I really wish I could see their, um, like what, what they're using to judge. Cause it just seems arbitrary as fuck sometimes. Well, yeah, it's superpowers. You don't really, there are other things that are more like, or there are more clear lines. I still but... don't quite understand what this show is. The thing. Yeah, honestly, I I can't classify it much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm. I apologize, but. So, like, currently my understanding of the show is it's a thing, and they focus on superpowers in the beginning. Well, the first episode of Superpowers, um, it, it's a, it's kind of a documentary series. It's like if you crossed Mythbusters with how it works with a, with a documentary series. Okay. That alone is much, cause I'm like, I, I don't get, is this like, if I, I, I still don't entirely understand. I was like, is this a weird scripted series? What am I, I have no idea what I'm dealing with here. It's a scripted and all series. I knew was again it's a very heavily scripted series, very oh. heavily. Okay. Though you get to see Tori get hurt, which if you like the MythBusters, you probably liked that. I don't remember who that is, and I. Okay, I'm giving up on trying to figure out what this series is. <laughs> Good. I gave up a while ago. I enjoyed it. Uh, if you like the MythBusters, you'll probably like it. That's pretty much all I can say about that show. Yeah, but apparently it's nothing like Mythbusters because it's a scripted series. Yeah, the Mythbusters uh, was scripted. No, Not it wasn't. It, yes, it was. Okay, let me put it this way: Mad Men is what you call a scripted series. Mythbusters was reality television. It has a script, it has a layout and stuff, 
but it is not Mad Men. It is not a narrative-driven drama. So I was very confused when you said it was a scripted series. Okay, well then, it, um, okay, White Rabbit Project <laughs> isn't a scripted series. They have a script and they follow it, which is what I thought scripted meant. But okay, well, reality television has a script and they follow it, but it's not a quote-unquote scripted series. Anyway. So. Um, next I've been watching an oldie, and a very old show that most people probably haven't heard of. Dead Like Me. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, wow. Okay, every other person I've mentioned this to has been like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's that weird show. Oh, or, yeah, that, that is still my reaction. People, but... like, uh, work as Grim Reapers. Yeah, um, from the it's cre- like Bleach without all the awesome swords. From the creator of Hannibal. No. Um... Yeah. Well, Dead Like Me came first. I know. Yes. But everybody knows okay. him from Hannibal. Okay. Slash Pushing Daisies. Yeah. Like, um, like, like if, if you were to say, from the creator of Dead Like Me, people go, what? You say, from the creator of Hannibal, oh, that fucker. I am too tired to be doing this this morning. <laughs> Afternoon. <laughs> yeah, um, I was going to say, it's like almost three. I'm going back to bed after this. Shut up. Uh, so, yeah. Dead Like Me. Our main character gets killed by a toilet seat in the first episode. Um, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> really cares. This show's like 10 years old. If you haven't watched it, you don't get to gripe about spoilers. Um, also, it's called Dead Like Me. I don't think it's a spoiler that the main character dies. Yeah, but flaming toilet free seat from space is kind of... Yeah kind of out there. And I just found um, out there's an actor named David Keith. But um Tish the uh guy who um for those of you who watched Criminal Minds, the mentor character from the first like two seasons is the Mandy mentor Patinkin? character in this. Yeah. And he's a massive asshole in this. <laughs> like he's a real big <laughs> asshole. It's great. It is absolutely great. Um we follow a uh, young woman after her death, uh, and she her she become she's literally the Grim Reaper. So she has to go around harvesting souls, and it seems like every other episode is her dealing with the fact that she doesn't want to harvest a soul, and the um, consequences thereof. Okay. So I'm still back that, on the fact that Mandy Patinkin was referred to as, yeah, the mentor guy from the early seasons of Criminal Minds. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I know you're tired. I don't mean to pick. It just like it was one of those facepalm moments for me. I do apologize. I'm tired. Leave me alone. I did not even know he was in and Criminal Minds. I, I think I need to double check the cast list to make sure it's who I'm thinking of. I also, did, I, I also didn't is. know Mandy Patinkin was He's a He's also... Yeah. yeah. He's also Inigo Montoya. You also know him from The Princess Bride. Yes. Yeah, the that's Princess him. Bride. And yeah, also him. Homeland. Yeah. yeah. Beyond that, I've seen a few movies. The first one I want to talk about, I have to thank uh, Birdie for. I went to see Assassin's Creed. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Fuck that movie. I had a nice just, long discussion with Birdie about that movie. 
fuck that movie. Um, that was basically what I took away from the conversation with Birdie. There is no good in it. Like, okay, there is good in it. I, I have to admit the the set design for the past and the present were pretty good. Um, the CG was workable. The fight scenes were well choreographed, not well shot. Um, the acting actually wasn't as bad as I would have thought, which is a bit of a shock to me personally. It had a good cast. Yeah, but it's a shitty video game movie. That's the part that makes it a shock to me. The shitty mm. video game movie part. Yeah, you expect yeah. you you expect people in video game movies to not try. With Jeremy and Irons, these, these people were actually trying. With Jeremy Irons, so. you don't expect actual acting. You expect. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I never really cared whether they were adapting one of the games or not, but. I kind of wish they were just so I could hear Jeremy Irons go, Mr. Miles. <laughs> like that alone made me like, why couldn't they have adapted one of the games? Because then they'd have to cast Adam Sandler and nobody wants that. That is that is how I went back and remembered who, what the n- name of the main character in the early games was, was I recited in my head, Mr. Miles. It's like, right, it's Desmond Miles. There's nothing else to remember about him except how uh, the asshole who runs Abstergo pronounced his name. And that he died, I think. Yes, he did. Yay. Fuck you, you cut right Adam Sandler. Anyway, okay, man. Continue, please. So, yeah, this... This farce, it lasts about an hour and 45 minutes, and that's too long, (laughs) in my humble opinion. (laughs) Like, especially because right at the end, there's this scene, and I don't give a damn about spoiling this piece of shit movie. Who fucking cares about spoilers for an Assassin's Creed movie? So, right at the end, there's this scene where he's broken the animus. And he's standing there. And all of the cool assassins that we've met so far are out there kicking ass, taking names, and eating bagels. Wait, they don't seriously? actually eat bagels, but I'm hungry. So uh, but so we've got a bunch of cool assassins out there kicking ass and taking names. And we keep fucking cutting back to main character man. As fucking ghosts of his ancestors walk up to him. Really? For poignancy. I mean, come the fuck on. It's, it's, and it's, it's this, like, I can accept poignancy. I could even give them, like, cutting back to it once or twice to set up what's coming, you know. And I'm, I, I'll admit, I don't have a lot of patience for when an action movie decides to put on the brakes and get slow paced for no fucking reason. But literally, this had no fucking point because all that happens is the ghost of his mother comes up to him and seriously, fucking a, uh, the ghost of his mother comes up to him and makes him take the assassin's oath. 
That's it. That is the entire point of the entire fucking bullshit scene. There is only one piece of praise I have for this movie, and that's that it didn't force a romance between our male and female leads. Sorry, while you've been talking the entire time, I'm just imagining an assassin using his hidden blade to, like, just spread schmear on a bagel. <laughs> I'm trying to remember whether or not Michael K. Uh, Williams is in this. I think he is. Looking it up. Pretty sure he is. Yeah, just like, you know, the pull of things happening, everybody's fucking stabbing dudes. This one dude walks up to the fucking break table, just, you know, ching. British Mirror, some guy gets fucking knocked over, stabs him in the head with the Schmear blade. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, there's some shit going on. Crunch. Because it's a toasted bag. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> God, Michael K. Williams is in a lot of crap. And some good stuff, but... He, like, he has to balance it out. Jesus. I, like, it, he, was, he was in the wire, right? Yes. You have to balance that out. You can't have the wire be the best thing. I mean, you can't have the wire. You can't have the wire be the only thing. Well, no, and I mean, he's in a lot of great stuff. He was in Inherent Vice. He was in Twelve Years a Slave, but he was also in the RoboCop reboot and this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So much good stuff. He needs to be in the worst shit possible. <laughs> so it all balances out so that he's a pretty good actor. <laughs> But yeah, Actually, don't go see this oddly movie. Oddly enough, despite the shit he's been in, he was also in Boardwalk Empire. So it largely trends towards really good, despite RoboCop and Assassin's Creed. Just My recommendation wait. is to not pay to see this film. Discourage them from making the sequel they so obviously want. Um, Let's see how it's doing in China. That's my recommendation. <laughs> I'm being genuinely serious. I'm looking this up. I I want to know because if China, if China, if the worldwide likes this movie, we're getting more of them, like that fucking Warcraft shit, or like fucking um, Resident fucking Evil. Oh, wow! What does the world love it? So a month after its release, including the worldwide budget, it made just sixty million over its production budget. I feel like it's safe to assume we're not getting another one. Yeah, that's that's pretty safe to assume. Wow, Jesus bad. Christ, that was dis- that was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the reason the reason we're getting awesome. another war like the reason we're getting another Warcraft movie is because it made because on a budget of one sixty million, it made worldwide four hundred million. So I was getting more of that. Like, fuck, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Warcraft, so, uh, Warcraft domestically. Enough, about, enough yeah. about shitty video game movies. Warcraft domestically made less money than Assassin's Creed. Uh, so, then, uh, so before I... I'm, I'm actually going to leave the other movie for Cora to bring up because we went to see it for his birthday. Um, but oh, yeah, happy Cora, birthday, Miss Cora. You usually, you usually know if I'm forgetting something that you really want me to talk about. So, am I forgetting anything that you really want me to talk about? Not that I know of. Uh, okay, then I am I, done. 
Okay, then, Cora. Okay, well, I guess I'll start with the movie that I saw, because I can only think of one. Uh, like, I feel like I watched a lot of stuff in, uh, since we last did a podcast, but it seems to be more volume over variety. But yeah, I, so we went to see Rogue One. <laughs> I thought it was quite good. Uh, to be perfectly honest, the one thing that I had heard about, to the point that everybody had complained about, and I do get why, didn't bug me nearly as much as I thought it would. Which is to say, Tarkin was noticeable, but not that bad. Yeah, Tarkin was like it was. It was fairly good, honestly. The, there the, were two things that like got in the way of the effect. The first was the lighting, because yeah, in certain lighting, it was abundantly clear that he, he was computer generated, and the other quality is just the initial reaction you have to seeing an effect like that. Like, Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War looked excellent, but I'm still saying they're just going, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) When they de-aged him. So it's one of those qualities where it's not entirely the movie's fault that I had that reaction. Because they do that effect twice with two different characters, and... When it happens at the end, I was like, well, that's the worst effect they've had. And then I was questioning, is it because it is the worst effect? Or is it because it's the first time I saw that effect in this movie and I never got a chance to acclimatize myself to it? And I'm not certain. I really, I I can't be certain. But yeah, no, in scenes with where the lighting is turned down a little bit, there were moments where I almost was thrown for a loop and actually asked in my head, did they use like footage, like unused footage from one of the original star Wars movies for Tarkin, even though I knew that wasn't the case. Would have been awesome and, though, huh? If they just like, like a, HD'd up some footage from the originals. <laughs> like the scene where he at one point has a line, which is pretty much identical to, uh, his execution of the line in the original Star Wars, which is, you may fire when ready. I was so just taken aback because it's a quick cut to him, but it, I couldn't see the effect. It really kind of left me reeling a little bit because I'm like, I can't tell whether or not that was like reappropriated footage or if they like computer generated that. So actually, I have a, I have a question about that. Like with the with the voice, is it like they overlaid Tarkin's like a DH Tarkin face on an actor, and the actor just delivered the lines, or was it all computers? I given some of the candor, I can't help but feel like it was all computers because the way some of it was delivered did not feel real. There, yeah, I'm not certain because, like, the lines are delivered well. It sounds like Tarkin, but 
In part because I was perhaps just l- l- analyzing the effect, I didn't even pay too much attention to the interactions that he was having. Okay, so, so looking looking it up, uh, it was a guy. So okay, yeah, and well, I suspected yeah. that if they used a guy, which seemed like the logical choice, but. Maybe they could have just motion captured someone without having them be the one delivering the lines. I I, I don't know. Yeah, so but it, it seemed to, so a guy like it didn't seem dubbed. And if it was, it they did it very well or constructed it very carefully around the dub. Yeah, so it was a guy named Guy Henry. Uh, he had Peter Cushing's like this superimposed on him, and then he provided the voice. Okay. Meanwhile, a lady named Ingvald De- Ingvald Dela. Dyla? Sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Uh, she stood in for Leia. Okay. And the audio for that oh. was all archival audio. Did Leia even say anything? Uh, before it turned to her, I think she might have. I'm not certain. Help me, Ubi Wan. Really you're my only hope. Ubi Wan. Ubi Wan. Hey, yo, you old bastard. Come get my. Come get this shit unfucked. Come shit on me. I mean, get my <laughs> shit unfucked. What did I say? They got this fucking death marble hanging out. that's going to blow up my shit. But yeah, if I had to... My biggest complaint about the movie would be, yes, a lot of the characters are underexplored. Our main two leads don't really have too much character to them. And our side characters feel like they have character. We just don't know what that character necessarily... We don't know the background. Another instance where I have to praise the film for not ham-fisting a romance in. Oh, yeah. I I agree with that. At the end, I was just like, don't kiss him. Don't kiss him. Thank you. (laughs) uh, I, I agree. But and Forrest Whitaker does end up feeling a little wasted in this. Yeah, he even really if does like and don't get me wrong, he's great in Rebels. I enjoyed his uh, appearances there, but it does feel a little odd that they decided to use him in this movie. But yeah. It really like despite like, when all he of came, the impression when he when he came on screen, it just felt a little. I, I can't I can't actually put it into words. I, I guess the best I guess his purpose is largely to show us that there is a darker side to the rebellion. There are people like this that are willing to take things too far, but I can't say that it ever really culminates in all that much. So, yeah, Saul Guerrero's presence here is a little strange. Not bad, just when I look back at the structure of the film, it's odd that they used a notable actor for this role that is admittedly somewhat limited. So... But yeah, I enjoyed the film. Uh, that might provide a perfect transition into Rebels, I suppose. 
because again, Saw Gerrera. But Does these are up on Rebels. Well, they they also uh, don't they also request some some general or something to report to their station. Yes, the, uh, my favorite moment in the movie might be would General Sindula please report to command. <laughs> it's like, wow, they just acknowledged one of our main cast members from Rebels. It's like, I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> but and I'm I'm it's my understanding that the ghost takes part in the final battle, but if it appears on screen, I certainly didn't see it. Uh, now that I but think I don't about know. it, I think I might, there might have been a ship that could have been the ghost, but I can't be certain. Mm. But yeah, I was surprised that a... And don't get me wrong, not all of the callouts work. People have criticized the appearance by R2 and C-3PO. Yeah, it's incredibly pointless, and it's one of those little references that just, for some reason, for like 10 seconds grinds the movie to a halt it grinds it to a halt because hey look you know these guys right they're important and don't get me wrong it turns out like i was a little confused about the progression of events until the movie was over and it confirmed okay yeah they would have been there during the whole battle that's about to occur so they would have originally been on this base so us seeing them technically makes sense but it's some of the illusions are just a little pointless. Uh, but yeah, the the reference to Hera definitely made me smile. Would it have, would it have yeah. been Hera or her dad? It would have been Hera. She's the one that's a general. So is her dad. I looked that up, actually. Is he? Yeah. Okay. General Wait, Chom Syndulla. Isn't he dead? No. Like, doesn't No. Okay, I'm mis- I'm thinking about something else then. Her mom's yeah. dead. But yeah, um But no, I'm pretty certain that would be a reference to her. Uh Maybe one day but, we will see. Yeah. But yeah, we- Rebels has been pretty damn good. I've been enjoying it. I'm shocked because the first two episodes when it came back were good. It was nice to see Forrest Whitaker on the sh- uh, voicing champ, uh, voicing Saul Guerrero on the show. And it was interesting to see him prior to his injuries. I wish, I do kind of wish they'd use the opportunity to show us how he turned out so fucked up. But. Bargain basement yeah. bear. <laughs> Well, and it is interesting to see a character, Birdie was talking about this, it is interesting to see a character who has required extensive cybernetics that is not a Sith. Hmm. So, I I, I did appreciate that, but I would have liked, I, I do, I'm hoping Rebels uses the opportunity to tell us what the hell happened to him. Going with a cut-rate Vader but, route, uh, he got his legs kind of cut off next to, like, a really hot pool of, like, molten steel. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and then got emphysema. Uh, yeah, naturally. And required a respirator. Well, after yeah, inhaling I, those uh, super hot fumes. Yeah, exactly. Like, that shit's a carcinogen, man. But oddly enough, I didn't expect to like the episode that came afterwards, which focused on Rex, Chopper, and what is his name? AP5? Yeah, AP5. The, okay. I, I I like Rex enough. Chopper's fine. AP5 is fine. But a combination of those three characters was not something I was really looking forward to. And I really enjoyed that episode. It was interesting to see the Empire, like, Thrawn's plans are starting to come to fruition. We get to see one what I'm pretty certain was one of the original designs for C-3PO in the form of a transforming death bot. <laughs> and yeah, that just, it, it progressed things nicely. I'm liking where the show's heading at this point. Beyond that, I don't have too much to add there. I did watch about three and a half seasons of Clone Wars <laughs> since I last did one of these podcasts. Yeah, I've been seeing you mentioning that on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, I have essentially two thoughts on the matter. Maul's pretty cool. And God, the ordering of this series is fucking stupid. <laughs> I, I I'm watching... The episodes in chronological order, because there is like an official listing of the episodes in chronological order. And I'm also using like viewer recommendations to skip superfluous storylines and essentially try and avoid Zero the Hut as much as possible. Wait, because Zero or Zera? I don't know. <laughs> Again, I avoided that character as much as possible. I've maybe seen five minutes of footage of that character, and that was still too much. Okay, then. But, yeah, I'm, I'm like, at one point I was about midway through the third season or so, and uh, Cad Bane is planning on setting up essentially a heist. And I look to see what the next episode is. It's like, okay, go back to the end of season one. <laughs> And then the heist happens. Wait, And what? I'm just sitting there, yeah, the setup for the heist happens in season three, and the heist itself occurs in season one. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, I've seen some I, I, fucking bad ordering, but fuck me. And it's a, it's a, there are limited examples. It's generally not too big of a problem. Like, admittedly, yes, the first episode is in season three, but it's one of those episodes where not, I can't say that it's like a big deal, the stuff that happens in it. It just sets up some of the clone troopers. How do they, how do but you fuck up large, that bad? Yeah. How do you fuck up that bad? I don't know. The ordering of these episodes makes no goddamn sense. But, and don't get me wrong, the heist episode can happen without the setup episodes. It's just, for those setup episodes to then show up later really throws things into question. 
<sighs> but yeah, I, it, the show's enjoyable enough. It has some of the problematic qualities of like rebels and that the, some of the standalone arcs are very skippable. Even the decent ones just don't tie into anything and you're probably fine with ignoring them. And that's coming from someone who is skipping a lot of stuff, like most of season one because yeah, but I, I think I can generally recommend it. I like their handling of Maul, even though I had heard complaints about how his legs appear. And when he first showed up with the spider body, I was like, oh, that actually, that looks kind of cool. I'm fine with that. I like that when he loses consciousness, the body just starts falling apart. Right. Because he it's had held a together spider body. Force. I forgot he had a spider body. I was body. not a big fan of the follow-up legs. Were they tank treads? Wait, what? Were they tank treads? The follow-up legs, were they tank treads? We got a delay... Or did Cora just drop? I think Cora might have just dropped, actually. Yeah. Oh, no, it's just a horrible delay. It's it's probably on my end. Okay. Okay, then. Take a quick break, folks, while we try to figure this out. We'll be right back. We're back, everybody. Sorry about that. Yeah. Anything else we want to call? So we were talking about... Well, we were talking about Spider-Mall. I keep forgetting that... And I keep forgetting that it's Darth Maul we're talking about. There's yeah. no other character in Star Wars named Maul, but without the Darth, I forget he's a character. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, spite, like well, we, were just, we were just talking about D&D, and so I thought Spider Maul was a fucking plus two enchanted weapon. <laughs> I thought it was a Spider-Man character. I forgot what we were talking about. Well, because because he made such a strong impression in episode one, you can only think of him as Darth Maul. Logically. (laughs) Actually, I think more of him as Sam Witwer, which is weird to me, just that that Sam Witwer, this fucking guy who I first saw as the shittiest of the shitty character of Doomsday in Smallville. Is now very tied to Star Wars. Yeah. He's a big fan. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I also am still re watching some of The Wire. 
not too much to add on that from because I'm actually still in season two at this point. Though I do want to add, I was actually speaking with a friend, I think it was the day before yesterday, and I asked him what his favorite character of The Wire is, and I could hear just sort of his head implode as he tried to figure that out. Because he's like, well, uh, maybe, well, no, but maybe this, I, I don't know. He's just going through every single character, trying to figure out which one he feels stands above the others. And my response was, well, I know who number one is, and I know who number two is. I don't know who number three is, well, Omar. But I don't know who number four is, well, Stringer. But I don't know who number, f- well, Bunk. Eh, Jimmy. And that just went along for a while. <laughs> but the, the subject of the character uh, Rawls came up. And Rawls, the wire doesn't have villains. But Rawls might be the closest it has to a villain. Because he is the commanding officer of our quote-unquote, main character in season one and during some later seasons. And he's not unintelligent, but he is obstructionist and a complete asshole. But he might have one of the strongest moments in season one because there's this point where a lot of shit goes very, very, very wrong. And there is a scene where Jimmy McNulty is sitting down, having a mental breakdown covered in somebody's blood. As you do. And Rawls walks, Rawls walks over to him and says, listen here, you asshole. You got a lot of people to do a lot of shit they didn't want to fucking do. You, Jimmy McNulty, are a fucking asshole. You know it. I know it. Fuck if everybody in CID doesn't know it. But you didn't do anything to uh, cause this. And, you know, Jimmy starts to just break down saying, no, I, I did. I did. He says, listen, asshole. You did not cause this. And the person who's telling you this hates your fucking guts. So you better believe if you did anything to cause this event, I would be the one to tell you. <laughs> and it's such a masterfully human moment from a character that could have just been this character that is designed for you to hate. But <laughs> he, I absolutely adore that. <laughs> I adore that kind of writing where they take a character that, yeah, you despise him, but it makes him relatable. <laughs> but yeah, aside from that, I've also... This morning, I got up and thought to myself, I wonder when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back. I should check that, because I know it's coming back in January. It's been back for weeks. So it turns out that I had missed two episodes of it. <laughs> yes. That, and I, I share that because I think it's a testament to how little I was looking forward to the story arc they were about to begin. 
And I want it to be clear that I was not looking forward to this story arc because, oh my fucking God, those episodes were awesome. Okay. I I really like where they're going with this. Neat. I gave up. When did you give up? Halfway through the first return episode. It... The thing... Well, first of all, I that return episode alone had a lot of lines that I really liked. Like, there... One of the lines, for example, is from Yo-Yo, where she says, "At once, this is all over. I'm sitting Radcliffe down. And I'm showing him the term all of the Terminator movies." <laughs> and Matt goes, "Even Salvation," and her response is, "He brought it upon himself." <laughs> so yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm like, "So this show knows that this storyline is established and cliche." So, either they're just going to keep making fun of it and try and play it in ways that makes it feel a little new, or they're going to go a completely different direction. They went a fucking completely different direction. I recommend you finish that episode, because A, I liked the episode overall, and B, yeah, no, that fucking ending just completely... I love where this show is going. (laughs) Okay, the thing that turned me off of it was, uh, specifically it was Mac. Like, in in that- Oh, yeah, that's the one problem. I will admit his resistance, like, that's the one problem with that episode. It it was in the beginning. It was right at the beginning when, uh, they were, like, when they were, like, talking to the director about- having to shut down Ada and stuff, and Mac was giving his, you know, haven't you seen any of the movies and whatever, and it was just the most reading from a script delivery I have heard on that show. Yeah, that line did not work for me, and that's actually the one point in that episode where I was like, yeah, that didn't really work. But it did, but I actually did find that line useful for one reason. It was the first time I was clued into the fact that they knew this looks like they're just doing Ultron again. And like, we're weak down. So I do kind of want to give a few minor, like a few spoilers. Yeah. It's, it's, spe- is that rotate. okay? Uh, is this yeah, spoilers okay. like the first episode? Yes. Statue of limitations on that has passed. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. So Holden Radcliffe wants the Darkhold, and he sent Ada to get it. Ada didn't go rogue. Huh. (laughs) I've kind of been waiting for them to drop the shoe on that guy. Like, how he's been... They were playing so heavily into the... They were playing so heavily into the she was corrupted by the Darkhold that I was just kind of buying that, and I thought there was, but I thought there was something else going on. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, it's like one of the, one of the weird things with him is like how it, it kind of fit with his character, but I was a bit weirded out by just kind of how easily he accepted being the fucking Shield bitch. Yeah. 
And, and so, so I've always been wondering, like, where they're going to be going with that specific storyline. If you're just going to be the fucking, if you're just going to be like a new buddy for Fitz, just like just every once in a while, Fitz needs to get out of the house. You know, he and Jem have a fight or whatever, yeah. so he goes and hangs out with Radcliffe, drinks, and does science. <laughs> Watches soccer. Yeah, exactly. And then, and hearing that, it actually played a bit of a long con. Or not. Yeah, Je- and Jesse just the, accidentally did a long con by finding out about the fucking Darkhold. The stuff with the senator came back and is... I, I like the direction they're going with that and with the watchdogs. I like the stuff that they've revealed in the most recent episode about Mace. There's a lot of shifting and reworking of various elements that I, it's like, okay, this is coming together in a way that I actually really appreciate it. I'm actually more excited now than I might've been during the ghost rider arc. And I I did not expect that. (laughs) Yeah, this is, this is working surprisingly well for me. I'm also wondering what happened, what exactly it means when a character goes through Terra Genesis a second time. Something expensive, probably. Because that... Because that is something that happened. (laughs) And they might not come back to that for a while, but it... (laughs) There are some interesting ideas here. Alright, cool. And, yeah, the, uh, the whole LMD thing, I... I kind of have to applaud them, but it also might have backfired on them in that, yeah, I was so not interested in this storyline. For the exact reason that all of the cast members pointed it out. And, yeah, no, it's a, they took it in a more interesting direction. Uh, like, this isn't really a spoiler. The May LMD is not aware that it's an LMD. So it's currently que- starting to question its own situation. So it's a Cylon. Well, it just lo- it just learned the truth, and I'm not entirely certain how it's going to take that information. Well, so, I- here's the thing: you're not a real person. <laughs> Well, it noticed that, that what the gash on its back doesn't exactly have flesh and bone underneath it. <laughs> yeah, so, fun fact, you're a robot. Um, hang on in this room for a bit. I'm going to go do stuff. And I'll come check it on you in about a day and a half. How's that sound? All right, all right. All right. As, as he leaves, you just hear, you just hear like 19 deadbolts. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I like these ideas and I because like most of the crap that they showed in the, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be going into this whole new storyline. Most of that, from what I recall, shows up in like the first episode. Yeah, like all, like all the trailers, so, all the trailer shots are. Leaning super heavy into the Terminator singularity storyline about this. Yeah, and I so I, I I so thought that was the direction it was going, and 
I have to applaud it for tricking me, but question the benefits of tricking me. Because again, my excitement was, all right, okay, I'm actually missed two episodes because <laughs> I didn't know it was back yet because I hadn't been keeping an eye on it. Yeah. So actually, here's a question. If they hadn't done that, if they had have just kind of said straight up from the jump that all this fucking Ultron 2.0 bullshit was just a ruse. A ruse! Would that have interested you as much as finding out about it kind of cold? Well, I mean, they do wait till the end of the... Like, I was really enjoying the first episode uh, after the mid-season break. And to be fair, they don't tell you towards the end of the ep- until towards the end of the episode. But there were things that were keying me in that something was not right about the whole situation. And so there was a cognitive dissonance that they were carefully constructing, but I didn't anticipate it all being a plot by Radcliffe. Uh, okay, well, just from the sounds of it, it sounds like they were kind of in a catch-22 situation. Like, if they... Yeah. If if they are, if they marketed it as the storyline they were doing, then it wouldn't have as much of an impact. But, but if... But, if, but so, by marketing it as, you know, the, the fucking robots turn evil, man, then that just turns people off because it's a storyline we've seen eight billion times. Yeah. So it was either they market it as what it is and just give it all, all away or market it as not what it is and just lose a good chunk of the audience. And the odd thing is they are trying to keep Radcliffe a little likable. Like he did not intend for that shield agent to get killed. And he's trying to essentially clean up Ada's programming. Cause he has another one, of course, the, the one that the original one got decapitated at the end of the first episode, but <laughs> it was as you do. Was she decapitated with a shotgun axe? Yes, she was. <laughs> okay, good. I want that thing to be used more. <laughs> I mean, they have it. Use it. Like, did he? Did he use uh, it really at all in the fucking Ghost Rider side of the season? He used it some. I don't know if he used it fatally on anybody uh, as an axe. But I knew he used it for, like, bashing indoors and stuff. When you have a shotgun axe, you cut people up with it. Yeah. Or shoot them. One of the two. One of the two purposes for developing a shotgun axe. But yeah, so I'm enjoying the reveals they've had so far. They feel earned. And in truth, I wasn't even expecting them to show up. Like, I thought there was something, there was clearly something off about Mace's portrayal. And, you know, Gemma had alluded to something being off about the stories of his heroism in Vienna. But I didn't. That That's one of the few issues I still have is I don't know how she knew that something was wrong with that. Because it turns out, no, she did not know the truth about Director Mace. But she somehow, I guess, knew that his... Like, it's not a spoiler. Turns out in Vienna, he stumbled and got... 
essentially caught in a, uh, like while he was still blinded and deafened from the explosion, someone had ac- actually caught a photo essentially of him seemingly performing heroics when in reality he had no clue what was going on in that moment. Woman's intuition. Or essentially... Well, I, I don't know because she did blackmail him with that at one point and <laughs> I, so I, I don't quite get how she knew that, but yeah, she knew it because no, she had a I'm plot. In... And it was also nice to see a callback to his actual, like, comic book alter ego of the Patriot. But, uh, yeah, I've got to applaud Agents. I thought I wouldn't be interested in this, and yeah, no, they, they, they got me to do a complete 180 on this idea. So. Cool. Aside from that, uh watched the return episode of Lucifer. Yeah, you did. That's happening. <laughs> that They're going interesting directions with this. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I got to admit, oddly enough, the most like there were a lot of things about the episode I liked. I still don't know how I feel about a biological weapon from the looks of it getting dragged into the mix. That's tonally not what I was expecting from this show. That is more that is more along the lines of the procedural aspects of the show, which I which for the longest yeah. time have been taking a back seat. But now it looks like they're gonna be taking a very much a front seat. Unless it turns out the guy who killed Jamie Kennedy was actually God. Holy crap, that was Jamie Kennedy. Yes, it was. Sorry, I the know I've seen, like, it, I've seen like him in whatever that stupid Asylum movie was, but I just totally forgot in my head. I was Holy like, shit, he oh. was in that shitty movie. <laughs> yeah. When we first saw him, that guy looks a little bit like a... When we first saw him, I had no idea it was Jamie Kennedy. And then once we got to the airport hangar, I was like, fuck, that's Jamie Kennedy. And I was like, that guy does look familiar. He looks a little bit like a slightly stringier Paul Giamatti. Uh, (laughs) Which I remember being my joke all throughout that Asylum movie. Stringier Paul Giamatti. He even talks a bit like a weird Paul Giamatti impression. But yeah, God, that... Wow, that did not click until just until you said it. It's like, wow. <laughs> okay. So, hey, Lucifer, but, keeping terrible comedians from the 90s in employed. <laughs> Can't wait for Polly Shore to show up. Oh, God. But yeah, Is he the, dead? No, he just had a movie about him dying. Yeah, a movie about him dying? Yeah, it was a thing where... Uh, I forget what the name of it is. It might have just been Pauly Shore is Dead or something like that. 2003. Where it was... Yeah, it was a like a documentary comedy thing where people were being told that Pauly Shore was dead and getting their reactions and stuff. 
I'm going to assume it was a lot of like Polly Shore's dead. Who? <laughs> yeah. Polly Shore should not come back. So I'm going to nix that Lucifer idea. What if it was just what, but, if, what if it was just a half uh, second? One of my favorite. Sh- what if it's just a half, half second shot of Polly Shore being tortured in hell? Maybe, or oh, it turns out we didn't notice, but Polly Shore played uh, Lucifer's gay lover from this episode. Because <laughs> that's a thing, and I was actually quite pleased. Because it's one of those things where, yeah. For any human character, it makes sense for there to be a clear definition to their sexuality. But with the celestial beings on this show, they often don't seem to really, at least initially, distinguish much between one human and another. So I was kind of curious about, like, I forget when that had popped in my head, but at some point in maybe the past season or so, I had wonders like, so is... Lucifer, strictly speaking, only straight? No, apparently not. It was actually, it's actually really weird. Like they brought that up before. Um, in I think it was the episode where uh, Chloe shoots him for the first time. There was there was a point where he was at like that fucking. Oh, maybe there, that's when I thought of it. Was there a penetration joke when she shot him? Nope, not at all. That was done actually very straight. Like 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 for like she shoots him and then he then he starts bleeding for the first time, and that, that's kind of when we start getting the whole Chloe is different kind of thing. But yeah, like in that episode, uh, he's at like this big event or whatever for some kind of for some kind of like pickup artist guy, and he starts talking to one of the security guards and and he, and, he, and he says like he like does the whole thing of like hey what do you desire out of anybody here who do you desire the most and the guard, guard kind of turns to him and goes you. All right, and I couldn't really, and I didn't really get a read in his reaction. So then, so then, having the next season where he is just confirmed, he'll fuck basically anything. Mm. I didn't remember. But I rewatched yeah, the no, first season <laughs> relatively recently, somewhere during the break between yeah. these between uh, the. Between the last break for Lucifer and the upcoming break for Lucifer. Because apparently this because apparently Lucifer came back for three episodes before going on before going on its seasonal break. Because fuck me, I guess. Well, that's what uh Lucifer said. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still just like fucking a good episode looking into the fucking Character of the devil. Yeah. Oh, this is uh, fucking goddamn it! This is fucking disgusting. What? So series, so series went on break in November. Came back, c- comes back for three episodes this week, next week, the week after. Then is away again until May. <laughs> It appears the Steven Universe model Suck is spreading. It. Suck it. I was going to say Gravity Falls, but fair enough. <sighs> Jesus. 
Gravity Falls didn't take that many uh, mid-season breaks. Near the end, it did. Yeah. But Steam Universe has been doing this shit kind of from the jump. True. Can't wait! Can't wait for but Fox yeah, Lucifer Bomb. For me. Sounds like an actual, like, you know, large-scale extinction event bioweapon. <laughs> that's what they're gonna call the. That's what they're gonna call the disease they found. That, that's gonna be Lucifer's reason for getting in on this. Anyway. Uh, so I guess I've only really watched two things, uh, one of which I didn't really finish, but I st- I still want to talk about it because it is interesting. It's called I Am Not a Serial Killer. Oh, I've seen that. I didn't actually watch much of it, but I've seen like I've seen some of that. Yeah, so it's based on a book and it is about a kid named uh, John Cleaver. Uh, living in this small town in the middle of buttfuck nowhere or whatever. And he is a sociopath. With homicidal tendencies who knows his sociopath. Like he is a, he wants to kill people. He has like the desire to kill people. But he also knows that killing isn't something he should be doing. So he has like rules set up for himself in order to like keep himself from killing anybody. He regularly goes to see a therapist. His mom knows about it. Something I didn't really expect hearing about the hearing about like reading what the synopsis was of this because typically with the this character is a sociopath but doesn't kill that is a like secret, but having it out in the open and being a real thing, I really did like that aspect of this movie and it went a really long way towards making the character of John actually kind of likable. Like, it's not some fucking Dexter shit where he has, like, oh, the rules, I have to do this, this, this. He, his rules are so that he will, he, so that he won't kill somebody. And then in his town, um, people start dying. The, he works at, like, the, he, he helps his mom out at the, at the little, at the county morgue, funeral home, whatever. And, these bodies start coming in that are just getting fucking eviscerated and they always have some part of them missing. Usually the testicles. So then John starts uh, going through, uh, starts kind of going down like almost a serial killer kind of list. Like he starts like stalking some people doing this other stuff, investigating what's happening. I'm sorry. I was really hoping that you'd say no, they were mostly women. Then I could be like, exactly. (laughs) No, that's, Mostly men. All men, actually. Damn. Then my joke has failed. And yeah, so he starts investigating this. He starts investigating these murders, trying to figure out what's happening, building a profile. And I can't get too much more into it because it will spoil a big part of the movie. But from what I did watch, I did enjoy it. It actually reminded me of a movie that I saw that I rented. From my local non-chain video rental service. Back in the late 90s. Generico will rent you some video. Yeah, I think it was called like Serial Killing 101. 
It was about a high school kid who wants to be a serial killer and then starts developing a serial killer identity, like a slash movie identity, with a, with a girl who wants to be his first victim. Okay. And it kind of reminded me of a more straight-laced version of that. Like, that was a almost a comedy. Like, uh, like in that movie, uh, okay. the, like in that movie, the kid he is like developing his own per- persona or whatever, and he decides, oh, I know, I'll use home improvement equipment as my serial killer weapon. So he has like a fucking bandolier on him with like fucking saw blades attached to it and shit. He used like a he like customized a leaf blower to fire out fucking darts or whatever. That's not even that hard. Yeah, and so he tries to do it on, like, the neighbor's dog, but it's too loud. It's like, oh, fuck this shit. I'm going with fucking saw blades and throwing, like, frisbees. Oh, God. Fucking moron. It's a dumb movie. But this... But I'm it, critiquing his attempt to be a serial killer. God damn, what's wrong with me? Eh. Whatever, it's... Yeah, it, it reminded me of kind of like a more straight-laced version of that where... This guy wants like he has the desire to be a serial killer. He doesn't he doesn't want to be one, but he feels like that's where he's going. And that movie, uh, the serial killing one oh one, that eventually turned into a story where the serial killer finds out that his high school gym coach is also a serial killer and has to stop him by throwing saw blades at him. Like you do. Well, like he does. Yeah, like he does, because that's, that's terrible. They're horribly balanced. They'll fucking go all over the place. Actually, no. Saw blades are amazingly well balanced. Um, The main issue is... In his is hands, the they heft. won't be. Yeah, no, It's the, the issue is the heft. Um, also, like, also, the fact that he holds them on with a wingnut. What? Like 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 his bandolier belt, he has a bolt on it with a wing nut that he uses to hold all the saw blades on. Okay, whatever. That sound. He's an idiot. It's a comedy. I'll accept it. Yeah, but this is not. And I want I want to talk more about it because there's kind of an interesting aspect to it, but that would spoil it. <laughs> the, the, the movie's on Netflix. So check it out for yourself. It's pretty good. From what I've seen of it so far. Something that is absolute shit, though. That I'm going to keep watching because fuck me. Emerald City. Oh, that's bad. It's terrible. I was hoping it would be good. Damn it. Why would you, why would you think it would be good? Because I liked um, Oz, the TV show, <laughs> the miniseries. <laughs> I like I like the Wizard of Oz. I was hoping it'd be good. So I'm still gonna watch it, but so now I'm just gonna go in Emerald it. City. Young Miss Dorothy Gale. <clears throat> Uh, goes okay, off I'm still after going with that name. Yep, Dorothy Gale. Uh, she was raised by her aunt and uncle, who were alternatively her adoptive parents, based on something that happens in a later episode. It's weird. First episode, she calls the you know Auntie M and fucking whatever the uncle's name is. 
And then in and then in the, the most recent episode, she says that when she was 12, she found out her mom and dad weren't her mom and dad. Which leads me to believe that for 12 years, she called them mom and dad. And that at some point in the, like, fucking 18 years difference between when that happened and the start of the series, she started calling them Auntie M and fucking Uncle whatever. Which means she's a terrible Uncle person. Uncle Gawain. Uncle what? Uncle Gawain. I don't know if that's his real name. I just like Knights of the Round Table, so. Yeah, so she decides to go out and meet her birth mother, who's apparently been living in the same town with her, just outside of it. Why would you want to meet this bitch, then? Because fuck you. And she goes out there in the middle of a tornado. When she heads out there, she finds her she finds her birth mother uh, bleeding in the bleeding in the cellar of a fucking storm shelter with a gunshot in her after she was shot by a cop. Dorothy then comes out to find another cop who tries to kill her. Okay. For some reason, she jumps in the car with a police dog and then gets swept into Oz where she runs over the Wicked Witch of the East. Hi, Toto. Yep. Turns out, yeah, and he's called Toto because in the native language of the tribal, of the tribal whatever, that she meets when she first lands in Oz, Toto is there. Toto is the word for dog in their language. And we lost Cora. Fuck you. So. Seriously, just, just, just no. So. Fuck you. After running over the Wicked Witch of the East, uh, she goes into this fucking tribe. They're doing a ceremony or whatever. She says, oh, hey, I ran down a lady in my car. They don't know what a car is, but they know what a witch is. So it's like, oh, you killed a witch. That must mean you are a witch. Let's drown you for a bit. Then, okay. Then they let her go. And as, she's, and as she's walking out of their fucking encampment, she sees the bones of a giant monster and shows, for the first time ever, some level of surprise. Oh no, there is a giant monster here. Yeah, and then shows abs- wonder yeah, and then shows absolutely no about. reaction to the even bigger stone giant holding a spear at it. Because in this Hello, wor- Mr. Stone Giant. Because in this world, stone giants dot the landscape and they were created by the wizard in order to fight the beast forever. Which is his full title. Anyway, as she's walking along, uh, she gets to the yellow brick road, which, when it starts out, is not made of bricks. It's just made of dirt. And the yellow is uh, opium poppy. I mean, opium uh, pollen. Okay. And then finds... This is making me less and less likely to watch this show. And then finds a man on a fucking cross, covered in tar and straw, and held up with barbed wire. This is the Scarecrow. Oh, fuck me. He's an amnesiac. So he wants to go to the wizard to find out, what he, find out who he used to be. You know, like a brain. Uh-huh. Then, the witch Dor- then the witch Dorothy ran down with her car shows up, and Dorothy tricks her into shooting herself in the face. At which point, at which point, the witch's ruby laid gauntlets magically transmit themselves over to her. Oh. 
the wizard is also not just some fucking hidden figure who is who is like fucking built out orders from on high as some giant floating green head or whatever else he shows up as. He's the guy. But he still keeps the, oh, I'm not exactly what I appear to be because he's losing all of his hair. But he has a wig. He's also banned all forms of magic. Okay, I'm just going to stop you. Yes? Anybody who is mildly interested in the Land of Oz and wants to see more or something kind of similar to this, watch Tin Man. I, I actually Tin remember watching that. Man. Yeah, Tin Man. It, it's better. It's not by any stretch of the imagination amazing. It, it's, it's, a, um, it's a similar kind of thing. Like, it, like, like the Tin Man isn't actually a Tin Man. He's like a cop. Zoe Deschanel is in it, and she's probably the worst thing about it. Everything else in it is actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, the Don't watch this. Watch Tin Man. Watch this if you hate yourself. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Tin Man's on... Like Netflix. Yes, it is. I actually have seen it on Netflix a couple times. Well, there you go. It's on Netflix. Yeah, so go is. watch Ten Man instead of this. Yeah, so Vincent D'Onofrio is the wizard. And he's banned all forms of magic and is and is keeping the realm in check with science or something. It's never really explained. Like he's uh, like he says that he created these stone giants, he can activate them whenever he wants, he does all this other fucking bullshit. And then this one lady looks at his methods and it's like, oh, yeah, math and theorems and whatever. That's just as ma- this is fucking beautiful as magic and whatever. Oh. And he also is like a fraud who d- who can't control the giants at all. I'm done groaning in pain. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but they reveal that the wizard's real name is Frank Morgan. This is a bad thing. This entire show is a bad thing. There should be no question in your mind. It is just a bad thing. And for those who don't know, I believe Frank Morgan played the wizard in the original movie. Oh. One element that has been spoiled actually would have been pretty good in the show. And that is the lions. Assuming Go I, watch Tin Man. The lions are awesome in that one. So assuming I am right about this. The lions seem to be some kind of bar- like tribe of barbaric warriors. But they're never really mentioned as such. Like, like when, we, when we see the cowardly lion in like the promo stuff, he is a guy with this really like like basically like it's basically like a guy wearing a helmet that has like the full pelt of a lion head on it. And it looks really badass. And throughout the first couple episodes, uh, they have been talking about lions, like like they like they will find like a dead body or whatever. It's like oh, the lions got him or whatever, and or like when they're kill or, or like when somebody's plotting to kill somebody, it's like oh, to fucking butcher the body. Say the lions got to him, and we see occasionally like we see like there was a traveling circus that had like an actual lion in it, and since we know nothing about Oz, it could just be that the lions are full on actual animals, just they're just roving packs of lions out there that just fuck people up. But if I but if I am if I'm right about this, then they've actually been doing a fairly decent job of building this idea that the lions are 
actually this fucking weird, like, indigenous race of fucking whack jobs living out in the woods or whatever, killing people. And if they hadn't have spoiled it and they hadn't have revealed that the fucking Cowardly Lion was just a dude in a lion helmet in the fucking promo, that would have been that would have been like a good reveal. It would have been a reveal that made a lot of sense. Tin Man's a robot, though. You know, that's actually one thing I liked about Oz the Great and Powerful, how they set up the Cowardly Lion. That was one of the few things that was actually fun about that movie. Huh. Oh, also, have seen it? Uh, I have seen some of it. Also, th- 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 there's this really dumb subplot going on that I only know anything about because I looked it up. So, do you know about Ozma? Yeah. She's in this as a guy called Tip. Oh, no, that's from the books. Was it a was it a storyline where a like so a woman like when Tips first introduced the guy just hanging out with his mom or whatever, mom is doing all kinds of horrible shit, giving him medicine to keep him you know healthy or whatever. Uh, then he escapes with a buddy of his, medicine wears off and turns into a woman. An evil witch turned Ozma into Tip, and then there were plot lines. That seems to be that seems to be uh, what this was all implying to. Uh, not really, but we aren't aware. That this that this guy slash girl is Ozma. I only know that because I looked it up. So, taking the meta gaming out of it, going back to our D and T doc, uh, this is just some random storyline about a guy named Tip who's actually a girl for no reason. You know, the worst part, this could actually be a great commentary on being transgendered, but I highly doubt they're doing that. Actually, they kind of are. Because as far I'm... as... Because like, like, it, it's, it's a terrible commentary on transgender. But for this character's entire life, he's been a guy. And then all of a sudden, girl. I am in priest. And, it, and his like best friend who helps him escape makes a move on him. Her. Ew. Which leads to her killing him. What? Yeah, they're on like a balcony in like the shitty district and uh in one of the cities, and they're like standing next to like the railing or whatever, and the kid and the, they're like hanging out over the kid who has been seen earlier staring at her tits. And again, this is a this is a child. This is somebody who is, I believe, at most sixteen as a character. I don't know don't know an actor. But I feel like as a character, no older than 16. Just tits out. The, the guy friend starts to kiss her, and she's like, no, what the fuck are you doing? Pushes him, and then the railing breaks and he falls to his death. So she accidentally kills him. Yes. Why any of this is happening, I have no fucking idea. They, this is no connection to the actual plot of the series there is nothing really about this that affects anything else this is at most a c storyline that is getting the time and length of a b storyline also dorothy's just the fucking worst like 
I don't mean to keep I don't mean to compare it to the original because I do try to go into these things with with like as little outside influence as I can, but I can't always help it. Dorothy in the first one in the in the, like the original movie from what I remember isn't a bad person. No, she's a good person. Yeah, like like the only like the death in the first movie of the like the wicked witch of the east that kind of kicks everything off is wholly accidental and not her fault in the slightest. Dorothy actively kills the wicked witch in this one. And then tries to take her house. Okay. So what happens is after she gets you, after she gets the, you know, the scarecrow down, who she is calling Lucas. Uh, the wicked witch. Does wi- he not have a real? Na- oh no, he doesn't remember. Yeah, his name, amnesiac. So. so she, so she, so she names him after the town she grew up in, Lucas, Kansas. So the witch shows up and starts doing magic at them. And they're all freaking out or whatever. Then she pulls, and then she finds Dorothy's gun. It's like, oh, what is this thing? Dorothy's like, you're holding it the wrong way. She turns it around, points it directly at her face. Dorothy says, just squeeze the trigger. So she does, and shoots herself in the face. Just blam. Then Dorothy gets her gauntlets. As they're walking along, they find the witch's castle, and then Dorothy just goes in and says, hi, I'm your new mistress. Look at check out this shit. Dog. This is mine now. All of it's mine. So she has to go in, she's gonna try to use the gauntlets to like control the weather and get her back home. But before that, she takes a nice long hot bath and does her makeup and gets all pretty. Just And the entire time she's doing it, she is doing these fucking terrible things like, oh yeah, why would I do this? Like fucking eh bath or whatever and then just and the next time we see her she has her fucking hair up in the weird like towel bun thing wearing some wearing that fucking bitch's robe then goes into her closet like all right which one of these things says i'm gonna control the weather and then takes the dress along with the matching tiara and also and also did her makeup so that her so that her lipstick shade matched the dress because, you, know, really? you know, you can't go out there doing magic shit in the fucking practical boots, pants, and jacket you were wearing earlier. You got to wear fucking heels and be in a flowy dress. I'm watching this show because I hate myself. You watch a lot of shows because you hate yourself. We started doing this because we hate ourselves, dead man. Yes, but then you punked out because you didn't want to keep doing commentaries because that would destroy your love of movies or whatever. You fucking weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, that's very accurate. I'm able to and do. I have I, never been happier. I'm able to do this and keep loving movies, though. Like I can't. I, I need something. I stopped. Wa- I stopped watching films entirely unless it was for work. I needed to watch. I like there. There are things that I can watch where I can just sit back and just watch it, completely engrossed in it. And there are things that I can watch that I need to feel hate towards. Yeah, and that's why uh, that's why Media Horse does reviews, not riffs. Because <laughs> I would go insane if I did riffs all the time. So I have this going. In a couple weeks, you'll get to hear my thoughts on the beginning of Riverdale. 
the upcoming CW show based on oh. the Archie comics, where things start off with oh. the twin brother of Cheryl Blossom being horribly murdered. For those of you who don't know, Archie Comics is about a bunch of teens in the 50s being teens in the 50s. And there is the new Archie comic, which is about a bunch of teens in the current year being in the current year. And that book is great. It's Mark, it's written by Mark Wade, and it is fantastic. The last Archie show I watched was Archie's Weird Mysteries. Same here, dude. Was, that show was awesome. That show was great. To hear that it's being followed up by this makes me want to weep. Yeah, it, it looks terrible, and I cannot wait. Cody from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody is playing Jughead. Oh, dear God. It is so dumb. I think, I think like, I think Veronica's a goth. I heard that she was, um, a a stupid spoiled whore. Either or. The first time we see her, she's in a fucking big black dress with fucking black lipstick and whatever. So she might be both. I don't know. This is going to be terrible. I can't wait. I might have problems. Might? Okay, I definitely have problems. Thank you. Yes, Emerald City's a hunk of shit. Uh, don't watch it. Unless you hate yourself. Then definitely watch it. So, Dead Man's going to be continuing to watch it. Probably. I mean, I gave up on Gotham. I need something to destroy my psyche with. And this seems interestingly terrible. Oh, dead man. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Let's try to bring Cora back in. Because this is always fun. You there? Cora. I forgot to turn my mic back on. Because <laughs> I, I was about to singing Dora the Explorer for you. I had been running around resetting the router, trying to call Cox, and... Uh, <laughs> As that's I was not the, that's call. not the nickname for um, his uh, boyfriend. That's the name of his service provider. I'm and aware, but we now have a title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Calling the Cox. <laughs> and while I was on, I was just trying to check to make sure it was a area outage, not just my location. And as I was trying to confirm that, I realized oh the internet's actually fucking back now (laughs) (sighs) yeah so i talked about emerald city which is a big old pile of shit that you don't recommend unless you hate yourself it's the new gotham that was the impression that i got from the ads in fact it was kind of advertised like gotham yeah a little bit like the fucking like like those weird like character vignette or whatever things where it was just like a close-up of the scarecrow or the little cowardly lion or the tin man 
Yeah, and the cinematography. Like, wow, that. And trust me, Jesus, it's just as shitty as Gotham. <sighs> oh joy! Yeah, but it, it it's just it's just as shitty as Gotham, but without any of the actual kind of good things that were in Gotham, like the set design, or hell, even the cinematography to an extent. Like the cinematography in Gotham was interesting and pretty good at times. This, the cinematography, is flat and boring, and all the sets look like rejects from Game of Thrones. Yeah, so just imagine, like... I don't like, know any of the Game of Thrones music. No, just imagine that music, but all made with fart noises. <laughs> I don't watch Game of Thrones. I want to play Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering there. I don't want it's a similar theme. It's a thim- it's a similar tone. It's thematically consistent, so fuck it, roll with it. <laughs> oh. So all that aside, that's all. That's really all I've been watching. I have had a <clears throat> very packed week, couple weeks for other stuff that weren't movies and TV. So moving on to news. So, we have a premiere date for the upcoming revival of Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, the new Twin Peaks season, will be uh, debuting on Sunday, May 21st at 9 p.m. with a two-hour premiere episode. Dead Man is now really the time to make a breast joke. What? Twin Peaks. God damn it. Ah, something you can always expect from Caveman. The lower brow. I knew what he was going for. I just didn't have any reaction for it. Cora had the right reaction, completely ignoring me. So the new series will be will be an 18-hour total run series. Uh, and after the premiere of the first two hours... The third and fourth hours will be available on Showtime Anytime and Showtime On Demand, uh, the Showtime streaming services. Woo. The week after that, uh, the third and fourth hours will be airing back-to-back on the network at 9 p.m., same time as that. And then in subsequent weeks, it'll be one-hour episodes. So, yeah. Get ready for that. Shit. I... Really like Twin Peaks. I am just kind of vaguely fascinated in this. Twin Peaks is fine, but I can't say I'm all that invested in its return. I'm interested to see how American Gods is going to be, but that's something else entirely. April. Well, in terms of like networks, I don't tend to turn towards. I don't watch Showtime and I don't watch Stars. So okay, like they're linked in my mind in that regard. Both titles have interesting people working on them. Brian Fuller is working on American Gods, aka that guy from uh, who did Hannibal. Yeah, Uh, naturally. You mean that guy who did Dead Like Me? Yes. (laughs) So anyway, speaking of returns that no one really cares about, 
Deadline is reporting that NBC is bringing back Will and Grace. Ta-da! Sorry, I just almost vomited. See, I actually kind of liked Will and Grace. Still, don't care about that. But no, I did. It's, it's not the fact. I don't. I didn't dislike Will and Grace. I disliked the idea of bringing it back. Yeah, I'll agree with that. So the network has closed a deal for a brand new ten-episode limited-run season to air in the 2017-2018 season on their network. And yeah, oh, yes, it makes more sense than bringing back heroes. I need a hero. It, I mean, I mean, it does, but also, like, Will and Grace was kind of. I'm having a hard time imagining Will and Grace existing today. That's the thing. In theory, you, you could very much say that Will and Grace was a product of its times, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. And given the amount of changes and. Uh, that have occurred with, you know, gay rights and things like that. It is possible that it could reinvent itself and serve to reflect those changes in a way that sort of mirrors the transition that's occurred. And, you know, that could be interesting. It won't be. I'm no, sure it's going to be like, terrible, but like, I can see how are- it could... I can see how it could potentially be a good idea, even if it's not. The people who are into Will and Grace enough to want it to come back don't give a shit about the progression of gay rights in America. (laughs) They want Jack and Will to be as flamboyant as fucking possible. He's not wrong. They want fucking limp wrists and high voices for 10 hours. Talking about getting manny petties and such. Well, I was never really that much of Will's character. Jack, though. Yes, Jack, but that's actually just kind of that actor also. Fair. Also true. All right, moving on to bullshit. (sighs) Oh, no horse dung? It's interchangeable. So Warner Brothers has been threatening to make another Green Lantern movie for a while now. Oh, Lord. Specifically one specifically one about the entire Green Lantern Corps. And God. this past week, Deadline is reporting that Justin Rhodes and everybody's favorite writer, David S. Goyer, are going to be writing the script for the Green Lantern movie with Goyer producing alongside Jeff Johns and John Berg. Goyer, as we all know, is the man who has made nothing but comic book movies and seems to hate comic books. You know, yeah, Birdie actually told me about this, and we've had a game where um, like, we try and come up with the worst possible plot line options. Yeah, me and Birdie have been doing that, too. The, yeah, it was... We brought that up on the comics podcast. Okay. Yeah, this would seem seem really depressing if I was invested in the slightest. Oh, no, here's the thing. Green Lantern. Green Lantern Corps. Fuck them. Who cares? Screw you! I find the Green Lantern Corps 
interesting in concept, but failing because we're seeing it all through the lens of Hal McWhitebread Jordan. I'm still going to say screw you because Kilowog. Kilowog's great. Jon Stewart's yeah. pretty good. Guy Gardner is better than Hal Jordan. Yep. But they keep forcing us to experience it through Hal Jordan. The most boring man from space you will ever meet. Yeah, I'll give you that. And this new movie, we're getting another dose of Hal fucking Jordan. Because the movie, John Stewart. Yeah, the movie is being described as lethal weapon in space. Oh, God. Yup. Oh, Lord. So we got Hal Jordan, cocksure Air Force pilot who's out there being a dick. We got John Stewart, more straight line military man. Hoorah and what have you. And an infinitely more interesting character than Hal Jordan has ever been in his entire fucking existence. I'll actually disagree with that, but I, my exposure to Green Lantern's limited, but I found Hal Jordan to be more interesting than Jon Stewart. And to be fair, I don't like the Green Lantern core. I don't find the concept interesting. And by and large, if you ask me who my top 50 DC characters are, I don't know that any of them would be tied to Green Lantern. Absolutely. I fully agree with you on that front. But I did read uh, Jeff Johns's uh, storyline. I forget what it's called. Uh, focusing on the return of Hal Jordan. Rebirth. And it was a good story. Yeah, okay, Rebirth. It's hard to remember. It's just well, yeah, how, generic. Yeah. Jeff Johns has done a lot of great stuff. Yeah, it, it is kind of a generic thing, and how and uh, Jeff Johns is a really good writer. Yeah, and it was a good. It was a good story. It made like Hal Jordan was interesting, and I, I'll acknowledge that in a sense, as the core concept of the character, he is one of the more basic and simple of the archetypes to gain access to the ring but i still think that he's probably the best and to put him down is to misattribute the problems uh like let's face it if john stewart was the main character of the previous green lantern movie that's not what would have fixed it no it wasn't like th- that movie was broken from the ground up yeah Replace with so, replace with John Stewart. I, I don't you would have the a, idea of like replace it with replace like Hal Jordan with John Stewart. I feel like you would have a more interesting Eddie Murphy or something. Like you would have a more interesting character as a base, but they still would have cast like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, like like, like you can you can build the best foundation for a house, but if you build a house out of fucking like fucking toothpicks held together with spunk. Yeah, and to be fair, to be fair. Uh, Hal Jordan was not the main character of that Green Lantern movie. No, it was Ryan the main character that. No, the main character of that Green Lantern movie was, let's face it, Tom Cruise from the 80s in Top Gun. Only a bit less gay. Yeah. Did you see that costume? Yes, I did, but I also saw that he was never shirtless with other men. 
Well, given that that was skin tight energy, technically, he had his clothes on underneath it. We saw him. We saw the, we saw the suit morph around his clothes. Uh, I don't buy it. <laughs> there was something covering his skin. He was not fucking chest out, like fucking hugging Toma Ray. To be fair, it might be for me that I'm less interested when comics get into cosmic stuff, and that is the primary wheelhouse for the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. So, cosmic stuff yeah, can I, work I at know. times. It's yeah, just it this, can. There's... Guardians of the Galaxy is yeah. uh, a perfect example of that. But even if this didn't sound like a disaster, which it does, mainly because of the people working on it, the fact that it's part of the DC extended universe and cinematic universe, yeah, and yeah, all fucking Goyer, yeah, Goyer. Why does he keep getting? Why does he getting work? Why? Why has he not just been like fucking expelled from every fucking studio? That is something that could be asked of both him and Zack Schneider. Like at this point why Warner brothers continues to hold on to both of them and say, no, no, the next one will work. I, I don't get that. They've already, inve- if it's because they've already invested so much money in it. They're just like, fuck it. Double down. Fuck you. I, I they're waiting. They're waiting for I the, they're waiting for the fucking pit. That. They're waiting for the pit boss to come over and say, Hey man, you're having a rough night. Are you like, will ever be allowed back in Atlantic city again. I just, I don't get it. There are plenty of people that are talented that I'm certain would still leap at the opportunity to try and make one of these movies good. So I'm raising my hand. (laughs) So I I don't know why we're still stuck watching Goyer and Zack Schneider stumble around completely missing the point of every single character. Because because Snyder and Goyer give really good blowjobs to the head of Warner Brothers. I actually believe that is the reason. Turns yeah, turns out Snyder, fucking head doctor. Oh dear yeah. lord. You know, yeah, you know that shit that they fucking mentioned Lucifer doing? That one thing he does with like the fucking meditation pot and the honey. Oh, I thought you were talking about the one with the car battery. Either or, really. Okay. I'm just going to walk away from this conversation. Moving on to our next piece of news. And away from the one good DC property that we could think of. Legends of Tomorrow is good. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So Anna Kendrick is currently in talks to star in a new Santa Claus movie from Disney. No. It has the working title of Nicole, and the story revolves around Santa Claus's daughter. No. When Santa Claus decides to retire and her brother doesn't want to be the new fucking head of Christmas, it's up to Nicole Claus, presumably her name, to take up the big red belly or fucking whatever and deliver toys in what will presumably be a very irreverent way. Well, it depends on which actress is playing her, but probably. Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. 
<laughs> yeah, Anna Kendrickson talked to star in this movie. We don't I know who's playing the lead. Need, I am in desperate need of sleep right now. Well, then, final thing for news. Uh, so, with the unfortunate passing of Carrie Fisher not too long ago, people, fans of Star Wars, were wondering if in the future installments of Star Wars, they would be doing the same technique that they used in Rogue One to kind of like digitally put her into the movie. CGI Tarkin. Yeah. The official Star Wars site has responded to this by saying, quote, We don't normally respond to fan or press speculation, but there is a rumor circulating that we would like to address. We want to assure our fans that Lucasfilm has no plans to digitally recreate Carrie Fisher's performance as Princess or General Leia Organa. Thank the bobs. Yep, Carrie Fisher was, is, and always will be a part of the Lucasfilm family. She was our princess, our general, and more importantly, our friend. We are still hurting from her loss. We cherish her memory and legacy as Princess Leia, and will always strive to honor everything she gave to Star Wars. And, you know, so, I, yeah. I'll admit, back when it first happened, in the back of my mind, I did actually think, I wonder if, what they're going to do about that. And then I put it out of my head because I didn't feel like speculating and the any film that would suffer these problems is years down the line. Yeah. So I figured that what is the point of speculating about that at this point? That's because it's the if internet. If they did do that, I could understand it, but there's no reason for that decision to be made at this damn moment. So, well, there is yeah. There's no need yeah. for that decision to be made, except for the fact that people on the internet move at the speed of now. Fuck you. Yeah. So the second anybody heard she was sick, there was already a message board post saying, "Hey, do you think they're going to digitally recreate her if she fucking dies?" Yeah. And the second it was con- and the second it was confirmed that she had passed, that same person was like, "Fucking called it." At which point, everybody, at which point everybody called internet, him a faggot and told him to kill himself. This is accurate. <laughs> as the denizen of the internet, I can confirm that this is accurate. Yeah, like, as, like, if this was not the internet, then it would be, like, maybe one or two people who were like, hey, do you think they might, like, recreate her in future films? And I'd be like, eh, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. And then when the fucking, then when they start filming the next movie that she was going to be in, that she can't be in now because she's passed then they would actually make the decision. But now they have to make it fucking 19 years in advance. And if they backtrack on it, woo! Because I'm, presum- because I'm presuming that the shooting for the next eight trilogies was done over the course of about five months. Well, the next film, I know all of her scenes were completed. Uh, the one after that is the one that was being called into question. Well, you know what's actually going to happen? The next one's going to come out. They're going to have her scenes in it, and half of the world is going to cry out, you said you weren't going to CGI her in. Yeah, at which point. It was very convincing, though. Like, she was really on screen. Yep, at which point, just, the word faggot will be cried out throughout the fiber optic cables of the world. (sighs) And then people like us will be like, shut the fuck up. They already got those scenes. 
How far in advance do you think they shoot movies? Neil, feel excuse me, I need to go back to screaming about this Riverdale show. In some bizarre future where the internet can be silenced. Uh, anyway, well, I never said that they actually shut up. I just said that we shouted for them to. Yeah, we, we, yes, we would then just start I joked, And then I, of course, joked. They cried out faggot and then were, and then were suddenly silenced. <laughs> and uh, then added that addendum. <laughs> and suddenly the recorder died. And so we lost like last 40 minutes or so of the podcast. Sorry about that. <laughs> 